Do you like games? Cool. Do you like fantasy football? Well, you're here. Do you like games about fantasy football? Sweet. I have the perfect podcast for you. Dynasty Game Night, hosted by yours truly, Russ Fisher, Matt Price, John Bosch, and Rocky Petrella. We play games about fantasy football. You might learn a little something, but really, we're just here to have fun. So if you like playing a game about a game about a game, then check out Dynasty Game Night, a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler. Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. And again, it's all here this week. It's all three of us, Ryan, Matt, and myself. I'm Dan, and we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast. It's episode 519, Ryan, and it's good to have the gang back together. Yeah, yeah, glad to be back on here. Matt missed a couple weeks. I missed a week, so yeah, glad glad to have the three of us together again. Well, it's springtime, so, you know, and maybe even early summer, I guess. So, you know, for me in South Dakota, that means finally some good weather. Matt, for you, you always get the good weather, so just wait until summer to go go on your hiking adventure. <laughs> and uh, Ryan, you needed a little little space there in Kentucky after after the school year, right, to, to get some stuff in. So we all have our reasons. Uh, Matt, welcome, welcome in, bud. Yeah, I'm glad to get the the band back together. I think it's been like almost a month since we've all been on the same show, so good to get back. And I, I know uh, I definitely enjoyed my time away, uh, hiking and camping and off-roading stuff in Utah, but uh, no real outlets to talk about football. So uh, there was there was nobody to talk about football with. So it's good to be back with you, fellas. Yeah, was that good or bad? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I mean, it was nice not thinking about literally anything in the real world for, not that this is the real world, but you know what I mean, for, for a couple of weeks, but it's good to be back to it. Yeah, we can get right to it, too, because we have we have some fun stuff to talk about this week, including a sneak peek at June ADP, which is being being uh, put together right now as we speak, even. We got a few rounds worth of data that we want to share with the listeners, we also have a unique mock draft this month. It's going to be the cornerstone mock draft. So talking about all the young players and, and even guys that aren't even in the league just yet, not just, just rookies and second-year players, uh, but also seniors and early entries into next year's NFL draft. And then we have this. The Startup. We're going to fire things up this week with a quote from Justin Jefferson, the extraordinary wide receiver for, for the Minnesota Vikings. He said, guys, that they, you know, after OTAs, they're moving away from, quote unquote, the old style of offense that they ran with that old regime that that was caught in the three, four yards in a cloud of dust type football for, for just a few years under Mike Zimmer. Now, with a new head coach coming in, Matt, uh, Kevin O'Connell, that Rams system, a little more high-flying, a little little more pushing the ball down the field, this is something that dynasty managers should be taking note of, especially since it's coming straight from the horse's mouth. Justin Jefferson, who, who tend, he's going to be the guy that, that really you know, comes through for dynasty managers if they're pushing the ball down the field. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be a really exciting year to, especially if you you have Jefferson on your on your dynasty rosters. I think if like you know, gun to my head right now, uh, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, it's hard to argue with the, against either of them. But I think I would put Jefferson number one right now, just based on um, the the new exciting offense and and really mostly the fact that he's like the unquestioned number one target in that offense. And there's not, you know, we we like Thielen, we like the running backs, uh, you know, we like Irv Smith, but you know, really when it boils down to it, Jefferson, Jefferson is far and away better than any other, uh, really any option on, on in that in that offense. And I'm not sure. I mean, we can say the same thing about Chase, but T. Higgins is pretty darn good, and, and Boyd is pretty good too, and Mixon mixes it in as well. So um, I just think that he he is set up for just an, an even more elite season than he has been in the past. And the, and the thing we really like, Matt, about different these different situations usually is when there's clear-cut number one, number two options, yeah. and then it kind of falls off a little bit. And sure, Delvin Cook can be used as a pass catcher. Alexander Madison could as well. But really, when when you get to the put it to the grindstone – Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are going to catch footballs. Maybe Irv Smith gets mixed in. Maybe we see some KJ Osborne. But outside of that, that main group, those are the guys getting the ball, and that's going to relate to to huge fantasy uh, performances week in and week out, especially for Jefferson. I really wanted to to check out when I when I saw this squad. I wanted to check out some of the uh, stats from last year, like pace of play. And I was surprised to see that the Vikings offense, at least last year, was already among the league's fastest. So they, they had the eighth fastest uh, offense based on uh, seconds per play. Um, and actually, the Rams were a few, a few seconds or a few places behind them. Uh, and, and then I looked at the, the run-pass split. And, of course, you think that more up-tempo offense, maybe there'll be a little more – uh, a little more pass heavy. The Rams were, I'm sorry, the Vikings were middle of the pack last year, 58.5% uh, of the time they were passing the ball that ranked 18th. And, uh, and, and again, the Rams who we're, we've got the comparison to because of the new coach there in Minnesota, the Rams were just a couple spots ahead of them. So um, I, I'm glad to hear Justin Jefferson is excited about the, uh, the changes that he's seeing with the coaching staff I don't know if we'll see that many changes on the field, though. And and that all comes back to the quarterback position for me when, when yeah. you start thinking about that. And it's Kirk Cousins. And, and Cousins has proven over his last six or seven years, um, going back all the way to his Redskins days, that – that he he can distribute the football a little bit. He can even become a QB one, uh, maybe even on a season long um, time scale. Right? He can he can put up quarterback twelve type numbers in a in a season. And although they're not flashy, and there are some head scratch head scratching decisions along the way when it comes to Cousins, he he gets the job done for fantasy managers. That all said. He's also a check down Charlie. He likes to find that underneath option, doesn't like to push the ball down the field, at least regularly. And that doesn't really correlate with these Justin Jefferson comments, at least at least from where I'm sitting. He, he That may break open from time to time, but he doesn't like to uncork that ball up the seam or on the edge in a cover two in front of the safety and behind that cornerback. He'd rather check it down to a tight end, a third option, a running back, and take the four or five yards, not put the ball in harm's way. 
And that that's just that's where I have to take a little bit of pause. And even though we do like these teams that only have a couple options down the field, we have to consider the quarterback and think twice before suddenly saying. And when you add it to what Ryan just added to to this conversation with they they were already get, calling plays at at a relatively high clip. That I just don't know if there's a lot of room for improvement for well, even the best players in this offense. Well, there was another quote. I don't know if it was the same one or another blurb from the team or whatever it was, but there was also one about him being moved around the offense more, you know, put in the slot, just like, you know, I don't, you, I don't want to call them manufactured touches, but moving them around to get him in more optimal situations. So the pace could be the same or even slow down, I think. And, and you know, you're, you're right about the way Cousins uses the deep ball, but I think there'll be, there will be shots and there will also be opportunities from them basically all over the field. You know, maybe that cuts into a little bit of feelings time in the slot. I don't know. KJ Osborne, you know, came on a little bit last year as well. And Irv Smith will be back from, from his injury. Um, but Jefferson is clearly the, the, the piece that's going to be used primarily all over the field. I think we, we have to take all this with a grain of salt too, Ryan, because Kevin O'Connell is coming from that Rams system. Of course, he was in Washington with all these coaches that are now becoming head coaches and they've moved around the league now. And that's an exciting idea, I guess. He's he's also never called plays, right? He's, he's never been in charge mm-hmm. of an offense and that's something new for him again this year. So while, while it all sounds great, oh, he can use Justin Jefferson a lot like he used Cooper Cup. It really wasn't him pulling the trigger on that play calling system in Los Angeles. It was never him in Atlanta. It wasn't him in Washington either. So he's got to get his feet wet and learn how to use these guys. I don't think the expectation because of all that should be that that they hit the hit, hit the ground running in week one and week two. It may right. be a little bit of a feeling out process. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I'm still I'm still looking forward to seeing this Vikings offense, especially after uh, seeing Jefferson's comments. And uh, I mean, there's, there are players, you know, relatively inexpensive players to acquire in this offense, uh, mm-hmm. Irv Smith, Alexander Madison, uh, and even Adam Thielen, who's outside of our top 50 wide receivers in our ADP uh, as of, as of May, you, you know, those are all pieces that you can go out and get pretty easily and, and then kind of see how this plays out. I, I think you could, come out ahead on on all of those types of moves it is interesting what you note about the play calling history of o'connell though because you know this this nfc north we're, we're going to be seeing that in chicago as well with the former uh former packers assistant in green bay calling or i'm sorry in chicago now calling plays for the first time so we've got that in minnesota and chicago this year yeah. I think even even Dalvin Cook is is reasonably priced on the trade market. You know, I think we see the, the mm-hmm. ADP and we're going to talk about that in a minute. And I'm not sure if any of us are really drafting him there, but there are trades in the trade finder like Jerry Judy straight up for him. Um, uh, there's there's some there's some other really good options in here just for uh, just for like a single late first is, is in there a couple of times. Daniel Jones, Chase Edmonds, a three, a, a late third and a fourth for Dalvin Cook. So I think it, I think he's uh, he's a lot more attractive on the trade market. So if you are looking for that competing running back, I think he might be a value too, um, at least at least from that perspective. For the most part, we want these guys in our starting lineup, though, right, fellas? If, if you already have Dalvin Cook, maybe, maybe we're not going to pay the, the price to get Dalvin Cook at this point. But if you already have him, he, you slide him into that running back oh, yeah. one slot in your starting lineup. 
if you have Justin Jefferson or, or able to add him, you, you're thrilled that you have an elite wide receiver. And even if you're going to be counting on Adam Thielen in a one-year window as your wide receiver three, you're pretty happy to have that on a contender. Outside of those main names, Cook, Jefferson, Thielen, Kirk Cousins, if you're in a super flex, Ryan, is there another guy inside of this offense, whether it be because of the coaching staff and the new changes, the comments by Jefferson or anything else, that you're you're really looking to have on your roster in Minnesota this offseason? Yeah, I, I like both of the next pass catchers in line, at least the, the projected pass catchers. Irv Smith back from that injury. I'm, I'm uh, certainly not giving up on him. I believe he's uh, still just 24 years old. So we've seen so many uh, late career breakouts from tight ends even over the past few years that I don't think we should be writing off a player like him. Uh, and then KJ Osborne, who really stepped up when Thielen was out and uh, as much as I like Thielen, uh, I think at this point we have to be concerned about the injury history as he uh, as he's another year older and, and dealt with those injuries last year. So if he were to miss time, I think Osborne has shown that he can uh, step in and, and be a, a decent fantasy option. And then finally, the last name that dynasty managers are probably thinking about going into 22, Matt. 2022, excuse me, is backup tailback Alexander Madison, who proved last year in brief duty as a starter that he could he could come through for us as dynasty managers. He's in the last year of a contract. There's there's rumblings that he could be in a, the last year in Minnesota and potentially move on for another year. We're we're considering him that high end handcuff. What about his long term projections? I think he's fine. I think he's, I don't think he's ever going to be, I mean, he, I guess he could maybe be a lead back in a committee, but we talked about it when we were looking at the rookies, there's just not a ton of spots for running backs right now. Maybe that changes a, a lot between now and next off season, but I just feel like he's, he's going to be second fiddle um, the entire time. And, and you mentioned that he might be the only other one we're looking at. Uh, that's, that's probably true, but uh, going a little bit deeper, I, I mean, I kind of like Ty Chandler a little bit. He offers a little bit different skill set than, than either Madison or cooks. He can catch the ball. Well, you know, kind of like cook, I guess. Um, but four, three, eight, 40, uh, a little bit of speed, a little bit of pass catching. So I'm not saying he's going to be worked in a ton when you have a workhorse like Dalvin Cook in, uh, during Chandler's rookie season, but he's somebody down the line that I think could, could certainly have a role too. You down with ADP? Yeah, you know me. Yeah, you know us. We're always down with ADP here on the DLF Dynasty podcast. And we are currently putting together June DLF Dynasty ADP. And that that's through a few rounds, Ryan. You're, you're the, of course, the head man when it comes to trying to get all these people uh, together to come up with our <laughs> ADP and create average draft position for all these players. We're... We're through three rounds, working on round four right now. How is everything coming together? Yeah, uh, pretty good. It's it's uh, always fun and always a challenge to uh, to get these going each month. Um, but I, you know, I, it's very valuable to me personally as as the dynasty manager. Hopefully, everyone finds some value in uh, in checking out that ADP and seeing how the player value is changing from month to month. So we expect this to be finalized here in the next week, maybe 10 days. Mm -hmm. Depends how how all these drafts go on my fantasy league. But we thought we'd give a sneak peek to how these first three rounds are playing out. So let's just go round by round through these 36 picks. 
pick by pick, I guess, and start right at the top. The top three haven't changed for the last couple months, guys. It's Jonathan Taylor, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson. I don't think anybody's really arguing too hard to get another name in that top three. So we can probably move move right down to number four, which also uh, is another young tailback. The second running back, RB2 Ryan, and it's Najee Harris. How are, what are your feelings about him being slotted in there at 104? Uh, I think almost no, no matter who shows up in this four spot, uh, I, I wouldn't feel great about it. I actually had the the fourth pick in one of these drafts, and I, I agree with you. I think the top three are pretty clear with Taylor and the two young wide receivers. So at 1.04 in the draft uh, that I participated in, I took Kyle Pitts there. Um, I, I think you can you can definitely make an argument for for Pitts. I know Matt would maybe even higher than that. Um, other than that, there's there's really nobody I even want at that at that spot. It it doesn't feel like any of these players, Najee Harris included, are, are worthy of the fourth, the fifth, the sixth pick. So I mean, Najee Harris specifically feels way overvalued. We saw the uh, recent. Um, the recent report that he had gained weight, he kind of refuted that, saying that he had played at that weight last year. You know, we, I, I don't know. I guess we just can't know that for sure. But um, this, this is just not a player I want to invest in with any first-round pick, certainly not the fourth overall pick uh, in, in a startup draft building my team. Harris uh, feels way, way overvalued. Honestly, Ryan, like I feel like, I mean, I would I would have Pitts above Harris, so that would give put him in the top four. So after those first four picks, I kind of want to trade out of the first round. Like the rest of the round, like it, they're fine players. I like the players, but yeah. it just doesn't feel like they're you're getting any sort of value taking any of these guys after those top four. Harris, I totally agree. Harris is an interesting player because he has those couple things on his side that dynasty managers really care about. It's workload, which he gets all of it there in Pittsburgh. <laughs> And it's youth. He's he's a young tailback that that has all the all those opportunities with the football in his hand. So dynasty managers are going to appeal to that. They're gonna, they're going to love that. He had ten RB one finishes last season, including a string where he was an RB one in eight out of nine games, and the other game in there he was RB fourteen that week. So a stretch of elite type production, and he was a little bit banged up late in the season. I. I, I think people are letting that go right now. and But they're also overlooking maybe that that offensive line needs a lot of work. And they didn't they didn't really address it as much as they should have potentially. There's also a quarterback issue there in Pittsburgh that they need to iron out before they can really commit to that running game. We'll see how things go. I'm with you guys. I'd go with Pitts. I'd definitely take some of those other receivers like CeeDee Lamb ahead of Najee Harris as well for the longevity. After Najee Harris, your guy, Matt, Kyle Pitts come in, comes in at number five, followed by CeeDee Lamb. Then Christian McCaffrey at seven, Javante Williams at eight, and DeAndre Swift at nine. At 10, it's Cooper Cup. And then at 11, it's A.J. Brown. And then, you know, all those names kind of make sense, at least in my opinion, guys. Uh, the next one is is maybe a blast from the past from a few months ago or, or maybe last offseason. It's Devontae Adams, who just last month was six spots lower. He comes in at number 12 back in round one, Ryan. And, you know, maybe it's because we're getting a little closer to football being played on the field. Maybe it's just an out, 
you know, some, something that, uh, that we weren't, that the right guy had the right pick enough times in the draft, a late pick that, that Devante just kind of jumped up for a month. I'm not really sure why Adams is up there at number 12, but can you explain it? Uh, I can't, you know, Devonte Adams fell out of the first round. Uh, I believe it was back in April. I'd have to check, but it, it a couple months ago. And I remember making the comment, it might've been on this podcast or, or yeah. on another that we'll never see him in the top 12 again. And obviously I was wrong on that. Here he is back just a couple, <clears throat> just a couple months later. And you talk about pick variants. Of course, we do see that sometimes. Uh, we've got a sample size of six mock drafts. And, um, you, you know, some would say that that's uh, too small of a sample size. It served us well over the years. It always compares well to uh, full ADP from, from actual money leagues. Uh, so we, we feel confident in that. Devonta Adams was picked anywhere from ninth to 18th uh, in our six mock drafts. So, you know, pretty small uh, range there. Uh, certainly locked in as uh, an early second rounder, if not a late first as he fell here. I don't get it. I wouldn't take him in the first round. I'm not sure I would take him in the second round. I mean, my, my personal strategy is to try to focus on players that I think can uh, can still gain value and and – I, I don't think Adams is one of those, you know, I won't be quite as, uh, as, as confident as I was when I said that a couple months ago, but I think we're, we're certainly in for a value drop with him uh, referenced Deandre Hopkins and his value drop and, um, over the last year, year and a half. And, and I think we're probably in for a similar fall with, with Adams and the other players and the other older wide receivers in that range. Of course, Adams is 29 already, will be 30 late in the 2022 NFL season. You mentioned that that range that he was picked in this month, 9 to 18. Not only wasn't he a a first-round first player uh, in ADP last month, he wasn't even picked in the first round in any of the six mocks in, in May. So the earliest being 13, latest being 24. Uh, so some kind of surge there for Devonte. I'm one of the biggest Adams fans out there. Got him on so many teams. I would not take him in a startup in the first two rounds either. After that, we get into round two's ADP, and that's where we find our first rookie. It, of course, is Brees Hall. He comes in at RB6, 13 overall, followed up by Debo Samuel. And this is the one that, that kind of caught my eye, guys, because Debo drops the four spots with Devonte gaining those six spots and, and maybe this has something to do Matt with with all the news coming out of San Francisco that he doesn't want to be there um Debo seems far more likely to be a first round pick to me than any of these aging receivers that we see at the back end of round one and throughout round two yeah like, as much as you love and I love Demonte Adams as much as I love Cooper Cup like it's it's really hard to from a dynasty perspective to see those two being drafted before Samuel and several of these other players, to be honest with you. Um, but, but, you know, every, every single year we get, 
one or two of these aging receivers that sneak into the end of the first round. And it just always kind of feels like a mistake because we've seen it over and over again, whether you want to go all the way back to Julio's dramatic descent down the ranks. And like you already mentioned DeAndre Hopkins, and I'm sure we could pull, you know, a handful of other names where this happens. It's just like you just like in a startup situation, if you're doing this, like if you're taking those players, you're pretty much committed from the first round to going with a, a win now approach. And uh, I mean, that's 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 a style of play I'm certainly familiar with. And, and I, I've sort of evolved my process over the years. Um, and it's certainly possible. I think I think it's a, not a stretch to say that year one is maybe one of the easiest years to win because, you know, in the, in the current dynasty climate, I think most people are going for more youth heavy approach at the beginning of draft. So, you know, maybe you get a slight edge after year one. But if you don't win at year one or maybe year two, then you're in for a, a heck of a rebuild investing this kind of early capital on those older guys. So I absolutely agree. I'm, I think Debo is – Debo feels a little bit weird in the first round too for me. I'm not sure if I would go there, um, but I would rather take him there than I would Copper Adams. So Debo comes in at 14 overall in the latest June ADP. Uh, the very next guy, Ryan, he's another eye-catching um, name. It's Austin Eckler, 15 overall, RB7, and Eckler – Almost 27 years old. In fact, may have turned it just recently. And we always say we want out at 26-ish for running backs. He's already 27. And they they drafted a talented running back there with the Chargers. Eckler's a name you're probably staying away from as well if you're doing a startup. He's a name I'm, I'm definitely staying away from. Had, uh, you know, maybe the best year of his career last year. And, and we see him move way up. Uh, rankings and, and ADP uh, despite that age and, and uh, another year of uh, uh, wear and tear on, on his body. And I, I just don't get it. Um, you know, I, I looked at the top uh, eight running backs that are 26 or 27 years old. You mentioned that, that fall that we see with, with running backs in that range. Uh, and, and we'll, we'll spoil some names here that are coming up later in, in the rounds we'll talk about, but it's, Eckler, Kamara, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, and James Conner. So the first four, Eckler here at 15 overall, uh, Kamara, Chubb, and Dalvin Cook are all being drafted in the top 28. Uh, they're all 26 or 27 years old uh, and, and certainly have been productive. But even if you want that running back, even if you want that run, one running back that you can count on, why draft Eckler or Kamara or Chubb or Dalvin Cook when you can have Jones in, in the fifth round? You can have Leonard Fournette in the sixth round. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, 64 overall. James Conner, 83 overall. So those, those are the pivots that I would make if I wanted a running back in this range that, that I could count on for a year or two uh, of production. Don't spend your second or third round pick on that player. Spend your fifth or sixth or seventh round pick instead. So Eckler I do is, think. Oh, go ahead. I say I, I I do think it's high for Eckler, and it's probably a product of the of the running back position in general. Once you get past the the, the young guys, we feel comfortable with. But I do think Eckler, it, it definitely deserves to be above those other guys. He's he's in his. Still, he'll be entering his sixth year in the league. He only has 607 total carries now. Uh, you know, some of that is due to time missed for injury. Um, but he's a guy who's basically a lock for 60 receptions. The last three seasons, uh, 70, 54, and 92. The 54 
uh, was in, a, in the season when he only played 10 games. Uh, so I can, I can see it like the end of the second, the early third, I would definitely be much more comfortable, but I, I think I have him firmly ahead of those other, uh, aging running backs that you talked about. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell was a lock to get all those receptions until he wasn't. And <laughs> David Johnson was a lock until he wasn't then again. So, so I'm, I'm probably with Ryan. I'm, I'm staying away from Eckler after him at 15, we get a couple of young stud wide receivers in T. Higgins and DK Metcalf. I doubt anybody's going to have any problems with those guys. Stephon Diggs, right after them. Maybe there may be a question mark there, but we'll keep moving. At number 19, tight end two on the board, Mark Andrews. He gained four spots on last month's ADP. Then Saquon Barkley and Joe Mixon come in at 20 and 21, respectively. And then one of my guys, Jalen Waddle at 22, drops six spots, Matt. Matt, he's down to wide receiver 11. Seems like there could be a case to be made that he should be in that spot where Devontae Adams is at the bottom of round one rather than late in round two. I have him at wide receiver four. Yeah, makes sense. So I, I wide receiver 11 is, I, I don't understand that at all. I think I, I have to go back and double check, but I'm pretty sure in one of the mocks that I'm in in this month for the, for the June ADP, uh, I took him in the late first or maybe early second, something like that. But yeah, wide receiver 11, I don't understand that at all. I do like that. Uh, the community has valued him, you know, just one spot above Tyreek Hill. Um, but I do, th- I, but I think that's the right move. I think you have to have him e- even farther ahead of Tyreek Hill at this point, despite you know maybe low, maybe a little bit lower production in 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 twenty twenty two with Tyreek just coming over. But you know he has the rapport with 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 Tua uh, and looks certainly certainly very good last season. We saw him. Uh, you know, kind of play that that slot role, or that short area stuff. We know from college that he could, he has the deep speed too, and that hasn't been unlocked yet in the NFL. So I think he, he he's easily a case to be a mid-first round pick. I think I would rather have him than Javante Williams, DeAndre Swift, certainly over Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown, and Devontae Adams. So uh, that, that seems like screaming value to me. Yeah, I think it goes back to what, uh, Matt, what you were saying earlier. Once you get past Pitts in, in the first round, it's not that you don't want those players. You know, I certainly yeah. wouldn't say I don't want DeAndre Swift or even Devonte Adams or someone like that. It's just that they're not currently not worth uh, spending that range of pick on. The bad thing is, really nobody is right. I mean, there's in a, in a typical draft, there's going to be twelve first round picks, and doesn't feel like there's twelve players out there right now worthy of uh, being one of those top twelve. So. Um, again, that's where, uh, and I mean, we're even doing it here today, breaking, breaking these groups down by rounds, but tiers are so much more important yeah. than rounds. And, and there's just very little difference in the one Oh six and the three Oh six right now. I mean, we're talking about, you know, CD lamb versus, um, cam Akers or, or, you know, Alvin Kamara or somebody Deontay Johnson, like they're, they're a lot closer than we want to think. So Matt said it, Tyreek Hill comes in right after his new teammate, Jalen Waddle at 23 overall. He also dropped a handful of spots. So it's interesting watching those two guys move up and down together in ADP from month to month. After that, ending round two and starting round three, a couple of those uh, mid-20s, mid to late-20s, I guess, running backs that, that Ryan was trying to stay away from, Nick Chubb and Delvin Cook, followed at 26 
by DJ Moore at wide receiver 13, and then Deontay Johnson at wide receiver 14. Ryan, then at 28, it's Alvin Kamara, another one of these 26-ish-year-old running backs, a guy you're staying away from. These last three that we've talked about in this ADP, Chubb, Cook and Kamara are guys you had listed earlier when we were when we were talking about these aging running backs like Eckler, who was at 15 overall. Yeah, and I think they're all basically on my do not draft list. I'm, I'm just not going to spend the pick that it would take to get those guys. Uh, Chubb actually kind of stands out as as the worst one. I mean, it's it's obvious that uh, he doesn't have the PPR upside of some of the others. And even though we're we're kind of knocking them here a little bit today, I mean, these players have have produced. Uh, Eckler was RB2 last year. Kamara has been a top 10 running back uh, the past three years. But Chubb, as good as he is, RB12 last year, RB11 the year before, may not have that same uh, elite upside, even in the short term, of some of these other players. What is the what is the argument for drafting Chubb uh, 11 spots higher than Derrick Henry? I mean, if you're going to take one of these kinds of running backs, like why are you taking Chubb in the late second when you can have Henry in the late third? Oh, I think I think Henry is like one of the biggest values in dynasty agree. right now. Agree. Whether you're talking trade or, or startup draft. Completely agree. After Elvin Yeah, Kamara there is and- there is no argument. No argument not from any of us. Can't even pick a one, right? Uh, after Kamara at 28, we get our first rookie wide receiver, and that's Drake London. Wide receiver 15 already. Might might be a case to be made that he's being priced at his upside, potentially. We'll see where that conversation takes us on another episode. Uh, coming in at number 30, Cam Akers, running back 13. Then our first quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, uh, number 31 overall. And then, Matt, we get RB14, our third rookie and second rookie running back, Kenneth Walker the third, 32 overall. I just I think he's I just think he's overvalued at that price. And I think it's again a product of the running back position. Um like I like who I just don't who is taking Kenneth Walker there? Like if you're in a productive struggle build or um you're you're going with a a more long term kind of kind of build. I, I I can't see spending that pick on a running back when there's still great wide receivers on the board. Um, if I if I'm competing now, I probably want to go with like you just said, Derrick Henry. Henry is going three picks after him, so I just yeah. that pick feels it just feels like misplaced to me. Um, I would rather, I mean, that's a, that's a pick as if I was, a if I was, a, you know, approaching this again from a youth build, maybe I consider that kind of play in like the fourth round or the fifth round, but to take him, you know, here in the, the, the early-ish third, I guess, I guess towards the middle of the third round, like that, that feels a little bit, getting a little bit spicy for me anyway. A little bit I spicy. I totally agree. I like that. <laughs> I totally agree, Matt. And, and again, we're spoiling things a little bit here, but uh, Walker is ahead of J.K. Dobbins. He's ahead of Travis yeah. Etienne. Um, so if you if you want the youth at running back, I don't see why you would take Walker over over those two. I mean, maybe you have questions about Etienne and in that offense and and the injury, but I don't know how you take him over J.K. Dobbins. Um, and, and you're right if you're if you're just looking for a young build in general. You probably don't want any running back here. At number 33 overall, we come in with Michael Pittman, wide receiver 16 out of Indianapolis. Probably more reaction to the Colts staying away from the wide receiver position on draft weekend. Um, Moves up 
gained six spots and and pretty, you know, seems like he fits in right about here. Travis Kelsey at 34 is tight end three. I think we're all probably staying away from him uh, late in the third round, pushing him down the draft board. And then Derek Henry, who you guys both mentioned, he comes in at 35 at RB15, screaming value, dripping with value. And 36 overall is J.K. Dobbins, Matt. Running back 16, talk about value. You and I both listed him as a potential player that could be a first-round startup pick a year from today. I still believe that. He dropped five spots this month, totally under undervalued. Yeah, I, again, like if we want to scale back up to the top, the bottom of the first round, I'd rather have Dobbins than Adams or Cup right now, I think, in most situations if I'm building a new team. So, I mean, yeah, I just think, I just don't know why you would put him below. I mean, if you have Cam Akers above Walker and, and, and Henry, I guess, just from this live, I think you should probably have them above Kamara and Cook and Chubb as well. So, uh, I just, like, his injury is, is was an ACL. Akers was an Achilles. I know we saw Akers come back, but a little bit underwhelming. I still am excited about his his long-term potential, too, but... I don't feel feel there's a there's a six spot gap between and a three spot positional gap between him and Acres. So, uh, yeah, that felt, that feels like quite the value as well. And the workload is coming too, right? Yeah. I know Gus is yeah. still there, and they, they they have depth at the running back position. But Dobbins is clearly the most talented running back on the team, even coming off that very serious injury, which players routinely now come back nine months later near full strength. So I'm I'm not really that worried about the injury. I am in love with the with where he is in a run first offense with that offensive line and all the other tools and tools around him that that make defenses throw fits. They're worried about stopping Lamar, not JKD up the middle. If we're going to talk about Ravens too, I, I know I'm going, I'm moving back a little bit, but talk about Mark Andrews as the tight end too at 19th overall. Throw him in at the end of the first round. I would. Would you rather have a, oh. a, an elite tight end like Andrews above Adams or, or Cup at this point? <laughs> well, I just I, th- I just I keep think looking. We can find at- other names. You know, the Brees Hall, Debo Samuel, T Higgins, DK Metcalf. I'm probably <laughs> taking all Jalen Waddle. We'll take all those guys before we get get to Andrews in the first round, right? <laughs> I, maybe. I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say Andrews was overvalued. Oh no! I you do you think so? I really. Don't. I just have. I have a hard time just... spending a pick that early on tight end. I know I said I drafted Pitts in in one of these mock drafts, but uh, I mean we all know he doesn't feel like your typical tight end anyway. As good as Andrews was last year, and I mean I think the, the signs point to. Uh, another good year for him and, and a good bounce back season for, for Dobbins. Yeah. I'd probably go in with a wide receiver in that range. We, we better keep this thing moving. We got through the first 36. (laughs) There's, there's a conversation to be had about all these players and even the players that are going to come in in 37 through 48 in the coming days. Um, but we, we do have a super flex PPR cornerstone mock draft that we got to get through. So, but before we get to that, we, we need to talk to our listeners. Cause it, you know, guys, if you're listening right now and you have not signed up for underdog fantasy, I give you the permission, hit the pause button and go do it right now. If you sign up with underdog using the promo code DLF and deposit a minimum of $10, you're going to get a free year of DLF premium access. 
That that goes for even the guys that are already signed up. We'll tack on the year. Underdog is also going to match your deposit up to 100 bucks, so you'll immediately have the funds to play Best Ball Mania 3, a season-long best ball league, which has a grand prize of $2 million. Or if you're more of a daily-type player, that that's more your game, uh, try the, try the pickup contests, which are head to head player props and come out every single week during the football season. You can do it during the NBA finals. You can play baseball games. There's so much fun stuff to do over, over there at underdog. And you get to do it for free right now, just by making that small deposit, they're going to match it as well. So go check out underdog today, but don't forget you have to enter that promo code DLF. That's DLF in the promo code in order to receive your free year of DLF premium. And uh, if you already have a DLF premium sub, like I said, that's not going to be a problem. We're going to add another year to your existing subscription. That'll all be done within 36 hours. And you can come come try to defeat us guys because we're playing that best ball mania three stuff. We're going to try to try to get that two million as well. The DLF Dynasty Podcast Mock Draft. So we, we, we're trying to pump out these mocks because not only are they, they good for our listeners, we think there's something to pull away from them, but they're also a lot of fun for the three of us to do. We try to do at least one every single month, and we got creative this time. We're going to do Superflex Cornerstone uh, PPR Mock Draft and Cornerstone. Th- those are the players from the draft classes of 2021. 2022 and 2023. So the guys coming off their rookie season, going into their rookie season, and the players that are going to be eligible to be in next year's NFL draft. If you're not familiar with Cornerstone rankings or or uh, the Cornerstone lingo, I guess, you can familiarize yourself with it on DynastyLeagueFootball.com. We have Cornerstone rankings. handful of guys uh, go through all their rankings religiously trying to keep up with uh, with trends and, and what's happening in the marketplace. You'll find uh, rankings all the way top 50 from from rankers like Ryan McDowell. So Ryan, I think you might have a little bit of an edge on myself and Matt because you're <laughs> yeah. you're ranking these guys every single week for certainly every single month. Um, we're jumping in head first though and we're gonna do a three round mock. Uh, 12 picks in every round. And Matt, you drew the number one pick, so don't mess it up. Oh, I won't. It's Kyle Pitts. You know that. For, the, for, the, for these okay. three classes, well, there's no... You know, we all can't be right Ooh. all the time. <laughs> there's no... I mean, as far as I know from 2023, I know people like... Uh, gosh, I'm going to screw this. Michael Michael Mayer, I think. I think yeah. Is he the top prospect for 2023? Is that right? For tight ends, uh, sure. I, I feel like I'm at a severe disadvantage here because I have not really <laughs> dug into the 2023 class as of yet. But as far as I can tell, Pitts is one of the best, if not the best tight end prospect of all time. Um, I think the positional advantage he offers, even over the quarterbacks, uh, puts him at one for me. Yeah, I, I, I kind of anticipated that, I guess. When I saw this draft <laughs> yeah. order, the way it shook out, I kind of thought to myself, well, he's taking... He's taking pits in a super flex startup right now at number one. I wouldn't be surprised if he's he's taking him. <laughs> I'm not uh, doing that in this one. So <laughs> it feels like it feels like that's that's where you're at always, Matt. Uh, I got the number two pick, and I, you know I, this is a lot of fun because it gets you thinking about strategy. If this was a real draft and you had you had only one pick in every single round, and you had to sincerely wait the one year for the production. 
with the rest of these options, that's something we have to consider, right? When, when we're doing this, that, that if yeah. you're going to go with one of these 2023 rookies, you're, you're waiting for an entire season. And if you do it this high in the draft, you're pretty much punting year one. So I, I guess I'll give away part of my strategy. I am, I'm punting that class, at least for the first handful of picks, because I need that production early. And I especially like the players that we've already seen a year worth of on-field NFL experience from. So with that, my, my pick is easy. If I had the number one pick, I'm taking Jamar Chase, even in Superflex. Yep. Uh, that's an easy one for me. I don't I don't begrudge Matt for taking Pitts because that's his guy and it's for the brand. And he they are very comparable. You, there is a case to be made for sure. <laughs> My guy is Jamar Chase very easily, though, at number one. Yeah, this this is rough. Uh, and it, it's it's uh, scary to, to say or to think that it's rough after two picks. But those were the clear top two, I think. <laughs> Dear Brian. And... Um, yeah, certainly an early tear break here. Um, and Dan, forgive me. I don't know if you, I don't know if you mentioned this. I might have missed it. Um, but the you talked about the history of the cornerstone rankings. So just to throw that out really quickly, uh, several years ago, nearly nearly ten years ago, I started an article series that I did two or three times a year, uh, cheesily named rookies, rookie sophomores and devies. Oh my! Of course the the play on the old song or, or rhyme or whatever that was. Uh, and wizard of Oz. <laughs> was that what it was? Yeah. Wizard lions, Boss. tigers, lions. Yeah. Anyway, never mind. Yeah. I expected, <laughs> I expected the zookeeper to know that. Um, anyway, so those, those articles were pretty popular. Eventually we decided to turn them into a set of rankings. We weren't going to call them uh, rookie sophomores and, and devies. Uh, ranking so in, instead I, I came up with the name cornerstone and oh a little, uh, little they, tip of the cap there take the credit you, you well you, you know. made up for the mistake earlier i guess but. <laughs> yeah no kidding so um and it, it's it has been cool to see um how those have been used um you know sometimes they're used as a trade tool if you're looking ahead to acquire those future picks you know how does how does the class of 23 compare to the class of 22 or even 21 and those are the three groups that currently make up our cornerstone rankings. So last year's rookies, current rookies, and next year's potential rookies. And, and you know, we've even seen some other sites and some other podcasts and things pick up and, and do some cornerstone rankings themselves. So it's been neat to kind of see that become, um, you know, part of the dynasty landscape, I guess. So I say all that because I don't know who I want to take at 1.03. Um <laughs> think we're all kind of looking at the same 2023 rookie uh but i think i'm i think i'm gonna skip him right now and i'm gonna go with uh i'm just gonna go with trevor lawrence that that's what my rankings say that are on dlf so i'll, I'll stick to those trevor lawrence of course the uh the the hands down 101 in last year's rookie class uh fair to say he's lost some value over this first year in the league but um i still have high expectations for him and, and value him highly in this super flex format. Matt, how about you at one Oh four? 
I've got four players in this tier after the top two, and Lawrence is certainly one of them. There's another quarterback there, but I'm going to go back to wide receiver and take Jalen Waddle here. I think he's a lot closer to to Chase is than if you go back to the last exercise we did with ADP. I think he's a lot closer to Chase than he is the players that he's going around just just bef- just after Joe Mixon and Saquon Barkley, just ahead of Tyreek Hill and Nick Chubb. Um, so he is a, a value here for me, I think. Uh, that puts me on the clock at the 105, and I get my third-ranked player. That's Trey Lance. Um, I would have taken him slightly over Trevor Lawrence because of me all too. the upside that we've talked about so many times. I love Lance leading into this season. I don't think he's lost any value despite you know what some Dynasty players think was a disappointment in his rookie season and his limited playing time. I think he's going he's gonna to have a massive year in 2022. That puts me up at six. I nearly took the uh, I nearly took the Debbie, the college kid, last time, so I'll do it this time, and I'll take Bijan Robinson, the running back from Texas. Uh, you know, I think we can almost we can at least write him down as the 2023-101 in in pencil, if not in ink. It's it's very close to being the unanimous guy already. Uh, that's the first snipe for me. Um, so 107. I'll go back. This is a new tier break for me too. Um, but I'll go back to the quarterback and I'll take Justin Fields. I will say I'm a little bit worried about his prospects for 2022, which could certainly tank his value a little bit. The Bears did almost nothing to support their young quarterback, new coaching staff. Maybe he's not their guy, you know, so to speak. So a little bit worried about it. But as of right now, I think he stands above the rest for me. Yeah, those are the top seven players that I had in my rankings. I, I moved to number eight. I do agree with Matt that there was a small tier break after number six. Um, and then Justin Fields probably fits in pretty close with that. I'll take the next guy in my rankings at number eight, running back Javante Williams for the Broncos, despite them, them adding back in the running back and, and, and all that thing, those things, uh, Williams looks to, looks to see an increased workload in a very good offense now with Russell Wilson behind center. I'm very excited about his upside, and I, I don't think he's priced even in regular ADP at his ceiling just yet. He could be the RB1 in 2022. I'm going with the running back as well. I would have taken Williams there for the record, but uh, I'll take my next running back, and it's it's Brees Hall, the oh, first, mm-hmm. I believe it's the first 2022 rookie that uh, we've drafted. He's uh, the 101 in uh, even in super flex rookie drafts. And uh, it, it's close between Hall and uh, another running back that we'll, we'll see in next year's class potentially for me. Yeah. I, I, the reason I reacted like I did was because I wasn't sure that you guys would value Brees Hall quite, quite that high. Matt, were you right up there with him as well? He was my ninth he, player. He was my ninth player as well. Oh, okay. All right. I thought maybe there was a chance. I was thinking of each one of these picks individually and thought maybe there was a chance Hall could slip to 11, but apparently there was no chance. <laughs> Matt, Ryan, Ryan, men- Ryan mentions a lot that when we do these exercises, you got to go back to your rankings and a- adjust them. Um, and I don't really feel like doing that right now. <laughs> Also, I'm just going to take, I don't really feel great about it, but I'm going to take Najee Harris here. Uh, We talked about earlier about why we're all a little bit down on him, maybe outside of Dan, I can't remember. Um, But he's got the value, he's got the volume, he's got the workload, he's going to get the receptions, he's got a bad offensive line and a 
probably not very good rookie quarterback, um, but he's got lots of weapons uh, surrounding him. So I feel like it's the right place to, even if it's just based on volume at this point. I am up at the 11th pick and I am caught between three players, two of which are future rookies. So, so I got a little bit of time to wait on those guys. I think I'd rather, if I was really in this spot, take the guy who already has NFL production and was impressive doing it. And I could use in year one with a first round pick in, in a draft like this. So this guy might be a little bit lower on your guys's rankings. He's certainly a guy I want on every team, whether I'm playing redraft or dynasty. It's Elijah Moore from the oh. New York Jets, and he slides into the first round. Really? I got 10 in my rankings, and I got him at 11. Interesting. He was lower for you. Uh, yeah. Uh, he was only a little bit lower for me. I, I definitely would have considered Elijah Moore in this range. Uh, instead, I'm, gonna, I'm going back to the 2023 well, and I'll take the player who, for me, would be the 1.02 as of now in next year's class, in this super flex format, that's uh, CJ Stroud, the quarterback uh, from Ohio State. Uh, really excited about his prospects. I think he's, I don't think it's close between he and, and uh, uh, the other quarterback in next year's class. We'll get to him soon. You totally, you totally duped me there, Ryan. When you said uh, next year's rookie class, I, I put a name in our document and I was totally wrong. I thought you were going. <laughs> Going back to the running back position, takes C.J. Stroud. That hurts. I maybe should have gone with him at 11 now that I think of it. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it really so gets... So before you pick there, Matt, let me recap. Round one is in the books. Kyle Pitts, Jim, Jamar Chase, and Trevor Lawrence went 1-2-3, followed by Jalen Waddell, Trey Lance, and Bijan Robinson. Then at 107, Matt took Justin Fields, and I went with Javante Williams at the eighth pick. Number nine was Ryan's choice of Brees Hall. Then Matt went with Najee Harris. I took Elijah Moore. And then CJ Stroud went to Ryan at 112. So Matt, who do you got at 13 overall? Yeah, this is this is where it gets real rough for me because I know there's a couple of guys in 23 I probably should be considering. And I actually am going to take one here. I'm going to go ahead and take Jackson Smith and Jigba, the teammate of, of Garrett Wilson and, and Chris Olave, who who people are saying is better. I mean, I haven't really looked at him yet. I'm gonna be, I'll be completely honest with you, but people are saying that he's probably better than both of those two. So uh, that's good enough for me uh, at this point. I think there's, there is a quarterback I, I, I would have considered that would have, that was my other option here, um, but I'll take the wide receiver. Yeah. We're, we're in that range where we're going to get some taking the favorite. upside <laughs> on the 2023 guys. Um, I'm going to do the same thing and I'll go back to the quarterback position. I'll take Bryce young. I'm sure he's the other quarterback you were talking yeah. about there, Ryan. I would prefer CJ Stroud as well. Maybe, maybe not quite as far uh, down the list as maybe you would think for me. I think young has, has a heck of a lot of upside and he, he hasn't tapped into all of it just yet. We might see that more of a re- leadership role, uh, more downfield passing once again from him at Alabama this year. That'd be that'd be good to say, good to see, and certainly could could up his draft stock going into next year. Yeah, I think we're seeing why the 2023 class, or at least the potential class of 2023, is is being so being valued so highly already now, uh, even uh, nearly a year out. I'm I'm going with another 2023. Uh, player. It's Jameer Gibbs. 
here at 15 overall. Um, I know I kind of sung the praises of, of B. John Robinson and, and everybody does, but I think for me, and, and I said this on a, another pod recently, I think the gap between Robinson and Gibbs is smaller than the gap from Stroud to Bryce Young, if, if you want to think about it that way. Uh, and I think there's a real chance that uh, Jameer Gibbs is is your uh, RB1 in rookie classes next year, rookie drafts next year. Matt, how about you at 204? I feel I feel like I'm maybe, I don't know, you guys tell me if I'm reaching a bit here, but I'm going to go back to the 2020 class and take Rashad Bateman. He he had an okay rookie season. Obviously, he was hurt. Uh, Lamar Jackson was hurt. But what I what we saw, we liked. We loved the production pro- profile from college. And Marquise Brown is gone. So I feel like between him and, and Andrews, they're going to get most of the targets. So I like Bateman as a, as a potential breakout candidate here. No, I had him right in this range. I would. Okay. I preferred mm-hmm. Devontae Smith slightly. I had him one spot above. So flip-flop those two. But but we're a couple nice games at the beginning of the season of Bateman flip-flopping that for good, right? Because of the opportunity Bateman yep. has. I agree. He belongs in this range for sure. I'll take Devontae Smith at the 2.05. That puts Ryan on the clock at the sixth pick in the second round. Uh, I think I'm going to go with a little bit of a, a boring pick here. At least some might view it that way. Uh, I'm going to go with Mac Jones, the quarterback <laughs> from the Patriots. Um, again, of course, the format plays uh, a huge part into that and super flex and uh, how, how difficult it is to, uh, to acquire quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Matt. All right. I, th- I think it's time to go back to you the, you don't like that pick, man. No, it's fine. He's in this range, but I, I think you were right yeah. when you said a boring pick. I, I think there's going to be a couple of those right in this range. Uh, I, I, maybe mine's boring. I don't know. I'm going to go back to the current rookie class and take uh, still my wide receiver one. Maybe after these camp uh, reports, maybe shouldn't be, but Traylon Burks here feels feels right. He was yeah, next on my list. too. He, he belongs okay. right in here. I, I still have Drake London a spot above him, so... Um, I, I really wouldn't mind drafting right behind you in, in any draft, apparently, Matt, because my guy barely sn- sl- sneaks through every single time, despite him being at the same position. I have London at one. I can understand somebody having Burks there to get him at 208. That, that's right about where I had him here. All right, I'm going to take, let's see, this is uh, the 2.09 pick, I believe. I'm going to take Travis Etienne here. Uh, obviously missed last year, but uh, uh, some some high expectations. Matt and I were talking about him before we hit record here. It seems like his value is climbing steadily this offseason. I like that pick. Matt, you're up at the 210. Yeah, I'll stick with the current rookie class. I'll go. I'll take uh, Garrett Wilson here. Uh, I feel like it's a little bit of a boring pick too, but um, you know, steady Eddie. I think he has a chance to be the wide receiver one right away. And I think I don't. How many picks did he go after Elijah Moore? So uh, I feel pretty comfortable with that. Almost a full round after Elijah Moore. And it happened again. I prefer Jamison Williams slightly over Garrett Wilson, and I'll take him right here at two eleven. <laughs> Those were the two I were considering, so we're 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 pretty much in we're lockstep. In lockstep yeah. <laughs> Ryan, round out uh, the second round. All right, let's see. This is this is getting close here. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, another 2023 guy. I'm going to go Keishawn Butte from oh. LSU. 
had that nasty uh, injury last year and uh, and missed the rest of the season. Uh, so hopefully he's able to come back and, and kind of regain that value that he lost a little bit late in the year. So round two of the Superflex Cornerstone mock draft is in the books. Matt kicked it off with Jackson Smith and Jigba, followed by my Bryce Young pick and Ryan's choice of Jameer Gibbs. Then it was Rashawn, excuse me, Rashad Bateman, Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, and Traylon Burks. Then Drake London, Travis Etienne, and Garrett Wilson, followed up by Jamison Williams and Kayshawn Butte. Matt, let's try to get round three in here real quickly. Who you got? Yeah, I'll go Chris Olave here. Uh, just start scooping these wide receivers. I think there's like there's there's two players in my second round that I have left. Uh, I guess in terms of rankings, but Olave's at the top, so I'll go with him. Uh, that puts me on the clock at the three point oh two, and I'm gonna go back. I'll go with the other boring guy, another quarterback. I'll take Zach Wilson right yep. here. <laughs> back to back in my rankings again. Yeah, mine as well. I'll go. Uh, I'll go. Kenneth Walker here at twenty-seven overall. Well, I guess I'm going back to wide receiver again. I'll take Amon Ra, St. Brown. So Amon Ra, St. Brown is the three point zero four. That puts me on the clock at the fifth pick in the third round, and I get well according to my rankings, it's Christian Watson. So I get Christian yeah. Watson here. I'm going to take Zach Evans, yet another 2023 rookie, uh, just transferred from TCU to Ole Miss, and uh, big things expected from him. Uh, he was actually the number one running back in that uh, in that recruiting class of his a couple of years ago. I will go with Sky Moore. Uh, I'm up at the 3.08, and I will – oh, man. This is a tough spot. I'm going to take, I'll go with next year's class as well. I'll take Jordan Addison, who another guy mm. who just switched schools and going to USC where, where they, they're always good. All those wide receivers that come out, he's going to improve his draft stock there. Yeah. You, you snipe me on that one. Um, I see a couple names at the top of my rankings that I just can't pull the trigger on instead i'm gonna have to do a do a rankings update after this (laughs) yeah seriously an an update will be needed i'm taking george pickens here matt you got your last pick there's there's still a lot of good options uh yeah i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna reach and i'm gonna take malik willis oh okay i'm gonna quarterback one over can you reached (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was a re- um man there's a there's a running back i've been considering here for 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 a few picks here i guess i'm gonna t- i'll take him do it I'll t- do it i'm taking elijah mitchell is yeah, that the guy you were thinking that's who i was that's who i was gonna take yeah ryan yeah he was, uh, he was mr irrelevant in this in this draft <laughs> yeah mitchell was one of the guys i uh i did not want to take. Um, yeah, I didn't really want to either. I, yeah. Um, Still a first-round receiver on the board. There, there's a, a couple first-round receivers. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with uh, – oh, I guess I'll go with a quarterback. I'll go with Kenny Pickett. He was oh. he was the other one that I didn't want to draft. 
Yeah, I didn't really want to Thought take your own you either. Did, did you guys, either of you, consider Katarius Tony towards the end of this thing? I did have him ranked as my second to last player. Yeah, I had him ranked as well. I, I kind of wanted to take him instead of Elijah Mitchell, but Mitchell was higher in my rankings. And then I think Jahan Dotson was the other one that you mentioned yeah. you were talking about there, Matt. Yeah, Dotson, then I had Tank Bigsby, David Bell. Those were my last ranked players other than Tony. Okay. All right. So so I hope that helps somebody out, get a gauge on on how we're feeling about next year's class comparatively to what's out there right now. Again, it, it's difficult to value uh, this honestly because it is a mock and we don't have to live this out. So it's a lot easier to take Bijan Robinson at six overall, Ryan, than if we were starting up a league with this kind of draft. And you had to wait an entire season to get Bijan on your roster, scoring your points. Uh, we don't have time to recap round three, so just go back and listen to it again if you can't remember. Uh, for Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you Thank again next you week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.